Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Andrew Hetherington. Andrew is an editorial and commercial photographer, originally from Dublin, Ireland, and now resides in New York City. Andrew has photographed everyone from Jerry Seinfeld to Bill Clinton, Jimmy Fallon, and Conor McGregor, to name a few. His work has appeared in publications such as GQ, Wired, ESPN the Magazine, Travel and Leisure, and Rolling Stone, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Andrew about how he got into photography, making the move from Dublin, Ireland to New York City to start a career in photography, and we also get into how he honed his photographic style and approach that has allowed him to work for a diverse group of clients. Andrew is someone who I've looked up to for a long time, and it was a real pleasure for me to get a chance to sit down and talk to him about all his experience in the photo industry. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Andrew Hetherington, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to, to sit down with me. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for um, thanks for coming to New York City and the East Village. <laughs> thanks for being in my kitchen. I know, I know. It's 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 awesome, man. Uh, coming to New York so different from up in Boston. It's always exciting. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off. I was just kind of interested um, where you grew up and like how you kind of initially got into photography. Um, wow. Um, I grew up. Um, wow. Where do we start? Um, <laughs> in a time. Well, yeah, a long, long time ago. Um, I grew up in Dublin, Ireland. Um, um, uh, I was born in, uh, wow, I was born in 1969, um, and um, yeah, my father was, um, my father worked at RT, which was the national uh, television station in Ireland, and um, he was a cinematographer, cameraman, um, so he was always taking our pictures when oh. we were growing up, which, oh, we, wow. which we hated <laughs> with a passion. Um, it was quite embarrassing. Um, so we were always surrounded by gear. There was always gear in the house. Um, where that gear came from, we're not quite sure, but there was lots of gear anyway. That's cool. Um, but I had no interest in that or the, or, or the gear. Um, I was I was interested in sports uh, primarily um, when I was growing up. Um, soccer, rugby, cycling. Um, okay. You know, of course, kind of dreaming about you know playing in a World Cup or riding the Tour de France one day. But you still uh, got time. You still got time. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. The senior, the senior tour. Um, but. Um, but I kind of realized over time that I wasn't particularly good at any of these things and that my dreams would not necessarily yeah, yeah. come to reality. Um, I, I went to uh, all-boys secondary school, high school, um, and um, rugby was the big sport there. Okay. Um, and kind of over time, I kind of started to gravitate towards, I, you know, my father was great. Um, you know, he let me borrow his cameras, and I kind of figured out pretty quickly that the camera was a way for me to get, um, to kind of, you know, engage my passions yeah so all of a sudden i was on the touchline all of a sudden i was backstage at a concert oh wow and this was like oh wow hang on a second I, I i don't necessarily have to be good at these things to actually <laughs> you know live these things so to speak so so that's kind of that was really where it started I, I mean, I think, too, you know, one must remember this is the 1980s and there was no internet. So I think we need to try the, the drinking game in this conversation, see I, how many times I, I, don't know I say pre-internet. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No internet. What's no that, internet. man? <laughs> we had things called magazines. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of them left. But, um, but that's, so that's, that's kind of where I, where I kind of, you know, visually 
um, you know, when I was a kid, we, we got comics, but I never read the words. I always looked at the pictures, and yeah. and then you know, then we you know, then kind of you know, I, I was educated through through magazines, um, you know, and the, at that time too, um, a lot of what happened in Ireland uh, was culturally influenced by what happened in the UK, especially in music and fashion and style. And as a teenager, you know, I've kind of. I, although I was interested in sports, I was very much interested in, in music and fashion and style. And again, you know, I was trying to figure out how I could how I could get involved somehow. And yeah. of course, I couldn't draw and I couldn't sew and I couldn't sing and I couldn't play <laughs> a, play an instrument. So again, the camera allowed me to um, you know to 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 get involved somehow. And it was also a tremendous time of change. There was um, there was a lot of uh, magazines coming out of the UK at that stage. Um, you know there was the face and id and blitz and up to that time really only that you know the, the only photography i'd really seen was in you know photo magazines like practical photography or, oh, or, yeah, or whatever yeah. more like trade magazines or how-to magazines and then all of a sudden you had these style magazines and there was great emphasis on the visuals and the photography and i was like whoa this is just kind of blowing open, my mind yeah the doors for you so that was so that was the game changer i think all of a sudden just like you know what is this and how do I how do I become a part of this yeah what kind of stuff were you kind of shooting when you kind of started out was it always people for you or um I mean you know I mean I, I kind of when I when I when I first started it was all yeah it was all sports or so on and so forth mm -hmm. um and then um you know my parents were great because they you know obviously as any parents they were kind of wondering what you were going to do with your life yeah. and and they had kind of recognized early on that this might be a career path or there might be potential here my father you know helped me build a little dark room in my oh, wow. in my bedroom and that's um, awesome man your parents were always supportive from the beginning yeah they were great they, i mean they really were really were terrific um and i i certainly didn't see it as a career but i think i think they did i mean they were thinking you know job in the newspaper something something steady and stable yeah, man. <laughs> as those jobs were then you know and and it was more of a trade perhaps yeah than, than you know um was kind of the way you looked at it but yeah, they were great. I mean, I had a, I had, a, I had two. The first darkroom was in my bedroom. I literally slept with the chemicals, and how we, how none of us got <laughs> chemical poisoning. Seriously, don't do that, kids. Don't do that. Don't try that at home. I literally would wash the film in the sink that we all, you know, bathe it in. Yeah, yeah. And would hang the film in the shower, and yeah, yeah. And then the, and then the metal sink started to get rusty, and yeah. we were like, whoa, okay, yeah. So, but you know, hey. Yeah, but that's the way it was. So, did you end up like studying photography in school, or how did that kind of work? I for you? went to art school for a year, um, a school in Dublin. Um, it was uh, Dunleary School of Art at the time for a one-year um, course in photography. Okay, um, it was actually the first year of the course too, so it was a little. It was. It was. They were figuring it out. They were kind of figuring <laughs> it out, and I was eighteen, and I was kind of figuring things out too. So. Um, I wasn't the most studious, and I thought, in hindsight, um, I would have made more of the, made more of it. But you know, it was still great. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It was a small class, and we were all eighteen, and um, there was some more mature students, which was great too. Yeah. Um, but some of those photographers, some of the some of the guys there, have gone on to great things. Wow. Um, one of them is Barry McCall, one of the top photographers in Ireland. Second is Kenneth O'Halloran, wow. um, who some of the listeners here might be familiar with. He's actually got a show opening at the Gallery of Photography in Dublin tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Um, so if you're in Dublin, go check that out. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it, so so. 
again, I was just young and, and um, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I kind of kind of was 18 and yeah, yeah. I wanted to have a good time. Exactly. Everybody's there. Um, was there kind of like a point where you kind of started to take your photography more seriously and try to like, I guess, kind of get clients and stuff like that? Um, I mean, what happened, what happened, what happened after college was, was, was that, um, I went on to, so when I was in college, actually, there was a, one of, um, um, one of, one of the premier photographers in Ireland at the time, Connor Horgan, who's still one of the premier photographers and an, and, and an ace director. Mm. Um, he was looking for a full-time photo assistant and he interviewed some of us, um, from the, from the class. Yeah. Um, he interviewed four of us, and uh, he gave two of us um, two-week trials. So I got one of the two-week trials. It didn't quite didn't quite work out. I oh, really? I didn't, I didn't get the full-time <laughs> job, oh, unfortunately. Um, again, I probably didn't realize the opportunity. Yeah, I was, but I was totally clueless and didn't realize, you know, what it, what it would it take to get a job. But I'm. I'm friends with Connor now, and I okay. see him, and um, I'm I'm I, all yeah. good now. <laughs> I was always all good. Yeah. He was, he was um, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was super cool, and um, yeah, I just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't hireable material. He made the right, he made the right choice. Yeah, He's a smart yeah. guy. Yeah. So, so did you kind of end up like assisting for a while in Ireland before you kind of made the jump out here to New York? Well, what so what happened is after after college, I started to assist in Ireland, um, a few photographers, and. At this stage, I'd kind of, you know, decided or had figured out that I'd like to be a fashion photographer. Oh, wow. Um, it just seemed like, just seemed so glamorous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <definitely>. so colorful. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where my, you know, and my interest had peaked in that too when I was in college. Um, and again, all these, you know, the, these magazines were playing a big influence influence on me. Um, so I, I worked for, uh, I assisted for a few photographers and then, um, an opportunity presented itself. One of the guys I went to college with, the guy who actually got the job with Connor, okay. <laughs> um, had gone out on his own and had opened, uh, he, he got a studio space and he was looking for someone to share. Okay. Um, and he said, do you want to share? And I went, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, so I started out kind of doing model testing and okay. doing some fashion work and, um, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and that went quite well for a couple of years. Um, it was, you know, it's quite a small town, so quite a small market. Um, and, um, yeah, again, I really had no idea what I was doing, but it just kind of seemed to, seemed to flow. And, and then after a couple of years, it just kind of dried up a little bit. Oh, the work really? kind of dried up. And, and also I wasn't really, I, I just wasn't really sure what I was doing. Mm. Um, kind of a lot of things had happened pretty quickly, um, in terms of when I started out, but. Again, I I felt, and I, it's in hindsight that I realized that at the time I treated it like a job, so it was very much a nine to five for me. So if, yeah. if I had an assignment or a commission, I, I, I you know I was into it, but I I definitely you know I didn't know what a personal project was or yeah. you know what although I, although what personal work you know what what was what was personal work. So so again, and you know, and on a Friday night you could meet the whole industry in the pub at like five o'clock or seven o'clock, you know, and it, so, um, so it was great, but, um, it wasn't until I got to the U S that kind of my eyes, my eyes kind of opened, broadened. broadened. So what happened was, um, you know, kind of early nineties in Ireland, it was, it was quite, it was quite depressed, um, economically. So, um, most people, um, of a certain age, they applied for a green card in the lottery. Um, and, and I did that. Um, 
it wasn't necessarily a dream of mine. My my mother had um, my mother had become ill and had passed away, and she it was really she had um, she had encouraged me to pursue it. Um, so and there was no guarantee that you would get it. You, it was kind of a lottery application process. Then you had to do yeah. an interview, and you were supposed to have a job and stuff like that. Um, but literally um, a couple of days after she died, my acceptance arrived in the mail. So there was some wow. some some fate there. So. So yeah, I had I knew one guy here um, who had moved just about six months before me, another Irish photographer who was assisting, mm. and um, managed to get him on the phone. I think we might have even wrote a letter. I can't, I can't, I can't quite recall. Um, and um, you know, I kind of asked him how it was going, and he said, "You know, it's it's pretty good. You can make a good living as an assistant." Wow. So, um, so yeah, the summer of 1994, July, hot, sweaty, um, hot, sweaty uh, New York summer. I arrived off the plane with a sweater because it was pretty chilly in Ireland. I'll, I'll never forget it. And the sweat just poured off me the minute the door opened at JFK. Had you been to the States prior to that? Um, I had as a probably a nine-year-old. Oh, okay. Florida. Yeah. yeah. So this was this was this was my first. So yeah. I was I think I was 24. So this was my yeah. Oh wow. That's wild. Like, I, I, at that point, I was gonna, like, were you, like, excited to come here? Were you kind of, like, nervous? Because, I mean, like, moving anywhere, like, I've moved when I was younger, and it, it is nerve-wracking, I think, a little bit to move somewhere you've never been, especially New York, because it's just, like, this, this is the biggest city, like, you know? So, it's this, it was it kind of this uh, nerve-wracking for you, or were you just pretty excited at that point? Um, it, was, it was pretty nerve-wracking, I think, because, um, again, no internet, folks. So, you know, I couldn't look things up, or, you know, you'd have to go to a book. And anyone I asked who'd been always had a crazy story. Yeah, you know, of just like something wacky happening to them. So, um, my first my first week, I I was I had a I had a I had my Walkman um, pickpocketed out of my backpack. Yikes! Um, first couple of days, and just other crazy stuff like would just happen, or you know, it was just kind of a wild, wacky, wacky, wacky time. And, and yeah. it was a, it was a little you know it was it was certainly a little overwhelming. Mm. Um, initially, I was staying with some relatives out in Queens, so it was like a bus to the train, train to the you know train to the city. So the hustle. It was yeah, it, 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 it was quite a lot. And as I said, I knew I knew the one guy, um, Dara McDonough, the photographer, who's actually back in, back in Ireland, but. Um, and yeah, I kind of relied on him to, to kind of set me straight. And, and yeah, and then I had to go get a pager. Oh, damn, pager. I never had a pager, but... <laughs> yeah, so, so the irony is I thought I was coming to the first world. And when I was in Ireland, even at that stage, I had a cell phone there. And that was a brick. Oh, but wow. I, I still had a cell phone. So when I came here, I was like, what's, what's with the pager? <laughs> so uh, that's how we existed. The pager and a roll of quarters. And you would, um, and we would go to Barnes. And again, we would go to Barnes & Noble and go to some of the source books mm. or the phone book and try and look up photographers and their names and call them up and try and get work or, oh, really? or try and get referrals. Yeah. That's cool. So like, um, I guess, so you kind of started assisting here. Yeah. Were you kind of fishing, uh, assisting like fashion? guys or it's all different types uh, of all different types which was great i i saw this as a uh i saw this as like as a chance to educate myself um like a second chance mm. to learn all those things i hadn't i hadn't learned to become technically more proficient yep um and there was a lot to learn you know i mean just different cameras different 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 films different different lighting all the lighting here was so much different oh, different yeah. packs and stuff than yeah, what I was yeah. used to everyone used like different stuff it was kind of kind of wacky um, but I saw I saw it as I saw it as a second chance and initially I just I worked for whoever I wasn't I wasn't so focused 
mm-hmm. um, which actually served me in good stead. I'd work with still life guys or portrait guys or, or fashion guys. So, so that way I became a very good all round assistant. I could work with any format. I could load film super quick. Yeah. Didn't matter what the, you know, what, what, what size or, you know, six, seven, eight, ten, four, five, um, 35, whatever it was. So, yeah. um, and then I and then I and then I hooked up with a fashion photographer called Klaus Wickrath, okay, um, German guy. Um, a friend of mine had been working with him and had enough, but he didn't tell me that he had enough, and he <laughs> sent me along. And um, and I I had quite a hell of a first day. Klaus was quite a quite a character. Oh really? Um, um, in a good and a bad way. Um, so I survived the first day, and he asked me at the end of the day if I'd like to um, fly to Miami with him tomorrow like, for a two-week gig. So, hell yeah. <laughs> so I was like, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> so we went to Miami for two weeks, yeah. and it was just nuts, nuts. He was, he was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, you know, that you wouldn't get away with, 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 uh, with what? What what happened back back then? Yeah, a little wilder times. Um, um, yeah, just in, just in terms of the way you were kind of treated. But, yeah. But um, but you know, also I knew no better. You you know better. You just yeah. accepted that 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 was it. You know. But but it was it was it was great. I mean, I survived the two weeks. It was definitely fraught. And at the end of the two weeks, um, I kind of became his full part time guy. Yep. Um, he also had a studio in Paris at the time, so he would go back and forward to Paris, and then. And then I became his like guy here, and then eventually I would go to Paris too. Damn. Um, so we were kind of inseparable for almost almost two years, and we literally traveled the world with him. Damn. Um, and I was really grateful for that experience because, you know, whereas I said earlier that I think in Ireland I te- I tended to treat photography like a job. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it became a it became um, lifestyle isn't the word it became it became bigger than that. Um, you know, just watching the way Klaus worked, it was like, you know, it was his everything. Yeah. And other people I worked with in New York too, it was their everything, and it was just, it was just so much bigger. Yeah. And you know, the scope and just the, just the energy and the passion um, that people had, um, and that was the amazing that 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 was the game changer for me. Kind of inspiring for you. It's yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, totally overwhelming initially, and again, it's taken a, it took a while to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of later in life that one realized just how you know, kind of, I, I tend to, um, you know, kind of my life has kind of been cyclical. You kind of look back at moments, and you're kind of like, oh wow, that happened then, and that happened yeah. for a reason, kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I I think about that too. I haven't been. I mean, I've been in the business for like ten years now. And I don't know about you, but even like some of those first jobs, like assisting I had, I still think back to those, like those first jobs, you learn a lot from, I think, uh, you learn a lot from all of them, but yeah, like you said, this kind of little moments you look back and you kind of this, you always just remember it and you kind of build off everything, I think. Um, but I guess like, so when you were assisting, how did you kind of make the jump into shooting? Like, oh, well, again, I would, I started, um, I started like testing with some models yeah. and then, um, in the um, in the late nineties, the, the I mean the the magazine the magazine world was like vibrant. There was like so many magazines and so many opportunities for young photographers to get a start. Yeah. Um, so you know, again, just through networking and meeting people, and and when I assisted too, it was great because I'd meet stylists or makeup artists or who were who were getting their start too, and mm. you know, you would collaborate on projects. But I started to work quite a lot for a uh, Italian magazine called Iodana, which was a, which is a supplement to one of the Sunday papers there. Okay, and and they. Um, 
they had an office here and they and they did this one magazine spread they had this portfolio where they got like 50 young photographers like they all gave them an outfit and just said you know go take a picture you know <laughs> and it was like crazy i don't have i wish i had the issue but like taryn simon was in it like oh, it was wow. it was just like if you looked at the names that <laughs> like, were a part of this issue um so that so that really worked out well for me and my 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 i, my, I did one picture and i liked it so much they asked me to do a second so that was so that was a treat and and yeah kind of one thing led to another i started to and it, Again, you know, I, I was able to I was able to do a little bit of fashion. I was able to do a little music. I was able to do a little bit of travel. Okay. Um, and um, I was I was a little all over the place. Mm. Um, but you could be. Um, but again, I, you know, I my work was solid. I wouldn't say it was exceptional. I would say it was it was solid. Okay. Um, and I started to work quite a bit for Mademoiselle magazine, which was. Um, fashion magazine yep. um aged at a, a, kind of aimed at a younger demographic and they became one of my my bigger clients at the time I, i'd usually have something you know once once a month okay um for them and then um 9-11 came along and that changed the publishing industry really the for the first time um that 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 i'd been around for a change um all of a sudden um titles um disappeared publishing companies yeah uh, media companies were uncertain of the future mm. uh, mademoiselle closed Yikes. um and that kind of forced me to just kind of take a take a look at things you know i i mean i i i, I um you know i realized that i was never going to be Stephen mizell um as much as i wanted to be and with something like fashion you definitely need to have a passion for it like it's not just about taking photographs you need to love the clothes yeah. you need to be interested in the you know you need to have an understanding of, of of its history um you know you need to you need to kind of be up on who the latest talent is the models are all that all that sort of stuff and for and that's definitely interested me for for a while but i just found myself becoming disinterested yeah um and i think you know i think the best fashion photographers are they really they really live it yeah definitely and, and you can see it so um at this time too i started to um like when i first started assisting everyone was shooting chrome transparency okay and um then there was a switch to uh negative film um so much easier when you're an assistant <laughs> you, yeah. you, you know the, ex the exposure latitude was your friend you didn't have to have a you know take 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 uh copious notes and mm -hmm. have a color meter and all that fun stuff yeah so um so that certainly also you know in terms of doing my own work that certainly made life easier and one of the one of the great things was that what was when i was traveling with klaus i had a little uh, point and shoot and i basically shot my first portfolio on the road with him like between between shots or if we were oh wow. if we were you know if we had a day off or you know i just kind of goof around he, he was cool like that he never he never you know he would um he would, um, you know, I'd shoot the models between takes. Like oh, it, wow. it, it wasn't, it wasn't like replicating yeah, what yeah, he yeah. did, but it was kind of like just behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. I mean, you know, that's cool. We, we take it for granted on the phone these days, but yeah. But, and again, at the time too, the point and shoot, kind of, you know, movement was kind of, kind of starting, and that, that also all kind of happened with the, uh, with, with negative becoming more accessible and, and, and you know, used, used more frequently. So, at that time, I started to um, do my own color printing at okay. a darkroom here called Print Space. Yep. Uh, communal space and and you know what had happened when i was assisting i used to go to the lab drop off the film and whatnot and that's where you would meet 
Definitely. other assistants or other photographers and it was you know very very social also working at the rental studios you know there'd be multiple studio spaces and you'd, you'd kind of run into people and mm. that was a great way to network um so um the dark room for me then was was like kind of kind of the next stage because all of a sudden um i was in the dark room and i was seeing all this great work on the walls um and you'd walk in and, you know, you might have Philip Lorca de Corsia there or Plat- Platon there. And then, and then you'd have the, you know, the younger generation. Like I remember say, walking in and seeing Martin Scholler's big heads for the first time. Damn. Or, you know, Thomas Pryor or, you know, Brian Fink, um, Gillian Laub, Elna Carucci. I mean, it was an, it was an amazing place. Um, and, um, you know, it was just, it was like an education unto itself. I would imagine you guys probably pushed each other because if you're seeing like Martin Schuler put Tan, you're like, damn, I need to probably step my game up or whatever. Like, you feel like it kind of was motivating to be. It was motivating, yeah. And it was also, it was also where I kind of realized, um, you know, the power of personal work because initially, I, I, I might need mistaken, but I think Martin did those, let's, let's, let's say, for instance, did those big heads as yep. a personal project mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i would start to see those in magazines and i'd be like oh that's how that works yeah you know so he's actually getting he's getting assignments to do what he likes to do yep and he's been very you know he's been quite specific whereas my work up till then had been kind of all over the place again i, I did a lot of things but maybe maybe not one thing particularly well yeah and when i would go to a when i would go on a go see to a magazine I would have three or four portfolios. You know, I'd have my fashion book, my music book, my portrait book, my travel book. <laughs> and, you know, and they were all a little confused. And I'm like, well, but I'm great. You know, I've just hire me. Just hire me. Just hire me for something, man. <laughs> but I didn't realize kind of, you know, how, how you know, it was, it was a little confusing. So, so you know, this was, this was just to see all this great work happening. And over time, and it wasn't an instant, it wasn't, instantaneous i mean it, it, it you know it was a matter of being there for a year or two on a regular basis and then you know you got to know people you yep. meet people at, you know you know you'd, you'd see their work on the board you could ask for advice you're like what do you think of the color on this what do you think of the density yeah. and you know and that's how i got to know a lot of photographers wow. um you know even even just even just to see and it was it was it was a, it was a very special time to yeah. be in, okay. a, in a place like that yeah it sounds pretty amazing and like one thing i was going to ask you because like now like you to me you have like a really distinct style like when i see a photo of yours in a magazine like i know it's yours like i can just tell did it kind of take you a while to kind of get to that point like or have you always kind of shot that way or how did it, that it took a long time um initially too when i when i when i first started to work I had all these influences from from other photographers, mm. um, and that all kind of played 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 a part in things. So, I mean, the the breakout for me was the Made in Ireland project I did. Yeah, um, and I, I've always liked I've always liked to light things. I've always liked flash. I've always liked color. Mm. Um, but when I was when I when I first started to shoot, um, I used to use lots of different formats. So yeah. I mean, oh, six seven on this job, four five on this, and 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 while it was fun, I don't think it helped um, helped me cohesively. Yeah. Uh, also, when I showed my portfolio, there'd be lots of like different size prints and lots of different framing. Um, but that's just kind of also the nature of the way the the business was at the time. Um, you know, you'd shoot some jobs on Polaroid on six six five negative, or you know, or you'd shoot you know you might cross process or yeah. so on and so forth. So, you know, you could be a little all over the place. Um, but it didn't necessarily work in my in my advantage um, to my advantage. Um, 
And um, again, I noticed Martin or Brian Fink and just the success they had um, and how it translated, you know, from personal work into now assignment work. Yeah. So I had a very clear vision. Uh, I mean, I, I, I knew I, I, I wanted to find a project and I'd been back in Ireland on vacation and I, we went to this town where I, I, I went as a child and I hadn't been there in, in years because, of course, as a teenager, I didn't want to go on vacation with my parents. So, <laughs> and, and it just seemed to lend itself to it was like, you know what, I want to come back here next year. And, and shoot and and I was very clear I knew exactly what it was to be I knew it obviously it was going to be color um, you know my first my first medium format camera I had in Ireland was a Hasselblad okay. I, I went back to that there's something about the square not having to choose vertical or horizontal yeah um, and I knew I wanted to light everything and I just I just knew it needed to be simple I knew I needed to be able to do it on my own uh, I wanted to be able to go inside outside with the light and mm. and you know, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing revolutionary, um, but kind of harks back to different influences I've, I've perhaps over had over the years. Um, so yeah. So the next summer I, I went and I spent like ten days shooting, I think, and um, with with no real ulterior motive, but to just to to to, to kind of build this body of work. Definitely. And then and then I, I took it back and I was in print space and I was printing it up and, and some of my peers started to positively react to it, you know, when I put the test prints up on the board. And at that stage I kinda knew that I was onto I was it's kind, kind of, of onto something. Kind know? of yeah, turning point for you. It was a big turning point. And and um yeah, I mean the the the, the real the real turning point would have been the Photo District News um PDN thirty. Oh yeah. Um, class of 2003 yeah, shout baby. out <laughs> um, but at the time at the time it was open submission yep and I was and I'll never forget I was at print space one day and photographer called Michelle Padone was there okay and Michelle said to me hey have you ever you know thought about entering the PDN 30 and 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 for the first few years it was you were, you had to be under 30 that was the other catch but then then you don't yeah have, now it's now, now, now it's now it's now it's you know <laughs> now, now it's now it's, all, it's open for for any age but um, so I think that it had just opened up to kind of over 30s around this time. And I said, well, how do you how do you you know, how do you enter? And she said, well, you just submit your portfolio. So I was like, oh, OK. I said, when's the submission date? She said, tomorrow's the last day. So yeah, I was like, oh, so, <laughs> so I, I ran I ran home um, and my girlfriend at the time, now wife Zia, was at home. I said, I, you know, I think I'm going to interest. I got to enter this, and I, I put, I, I put all the, the, I put the Made in Ireland project into its own portfolio. Yep. Um, but anytime I went on a meeting, I, I took that with the other portfolios I had. Um, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm still showing way too much stuff. I'm all over the place. Um, and I would, I, um, and I said to her, you know, what do you think? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to show them everything. I'm just going to blow them away just with like the breath of my greatness. And she said, no, she said, Scale no, she said, just send in the made in Ireland book. Less is more. Less is a lot more. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's what I did. Um, yeah. I sent, I just submitted that. And I think, um, I think I got an email. I didn't have a website at this time. No pager? You, get a, you didn't get a page? Um, I think I, I think I, I definitely, I de well, I definitely had a phone at home. Okay. I had a fax machine at home. Maybe they faxed me. Um, and I got, I, I was, I got, I got the heads up that I'd been, I'd been selected. Okay. And I knew that this was a turning point. So we found, I think we found out in, let's say December and it was the April issue then. So I knew I had three months mm. to basically get my shit together and, you know, get, get, 
make make three or four more of these portfolios um, get ready with a mailing campaign you couldn't tell anyone of course until you know it came out in the magazine Um, but I but I knew so I put every I sunk every penny I had into into um, portfolios and I had a I had a postcard set made that as soon as as soon as um, this dropped it was all ready to go Mm. and you know that that was a result of of you know again having these previous experiences and at this stage having been in the business um quite a while and having um you know i've definitely been one for you know i'm not a a, i always use this analogy but i'm not a huge um fan of u2 or the rolling stones musically yeah but i really admire their longevity and what they've done to you know um well maybe you, you might argue whether they're relevant or not but um, you know what they've done to reinvent themselves, and, and what they've done to you know to kind of manage a long career. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, how many you know how many one-hit wonders have there have there been? I mean, you, can't, you couldn't even you couldn't even count. So, again, I just saw this as an opportunity. Uh, realized how important it was. Yep. Um, it was. It's still a big deal now, but it was a massive deal back then. Definitely. Because again, there was no real internet. I mean, in terms of just you know you you did you didn't have to have a website as a photographer. And it was new. It was it was all new and um and magazine editors and art buyers to find new talent um you know they went they went like this was a big way for them to discover new talent yeah um there wasn't portfolio reviews that there are now it just wasn't kind of set up the same the same the same way yeah definitely do you feel like do you feel like those contests i know you've been in like american photography and all those like ca and stuff do you feel like those are important? Like, what's your take on those things? Like, I go back and forth. I'm like, should I spend all this money? Like, I don't know. Like, it's 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 interesting. Um. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a million. I guess I guess it's right just I, I guess it's just another way to get your name out there. You never know. Who knows if you actually see anything directly from? It, but I guess anytime you maybe you can just get your name out there. I guess that's why I think it's good. good to get your name out there. I I don't think I've ever had a direct. Yeah. Um. Oh, I saw you. You know. Listen. It certainly feels it. It feels good to have your work um, to have your work um, acknowledged. Yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. Um, I try and take my approach to entering is. I mean, it's quite a. It's quite humbling, I think, um, when you know the competitions come around and you actually have to go through your work and you actually have to look at what you might actually think of submitting. Yeah, that can be tough because you might think that. I try and like think like you know I, I try and, and certainly in this case not to be emotionally attached to the images um, that I'm going to enter because I obviously you know I might love it but when the judge only sees it for two seconds when it's flashed up on the screen yeah um, but um, so I don't enter all the contests all the time I, I pick and choose um, American photography is definitely my favorite I love it I, I just bought the new book and it was awesome uh, I think yeah you had some stuff in there yeah I've, 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 I've been yeah I've had some stuff in last year I've, I've got some images in the this year which is exciting congrats um, so that that's that's my favorite I do love PDN though yeah yeah shout out <laughs> shout out to the PDN um, and they throw a good party as does the American photography party that's always that's always great to great to go to um i think you just have to take an honest hard look at yourself and you know i mean it they cost a lot of money and and um you know it's again it's it's great when you're when you're you know when you're accepted and it can be pretty soul 
destroying when you're you know when you really think something's great and that you yeah know, that just doesn't doesn't make it but is is marketing something you still think about a lot uh, at this point in your career like do you have like a different approach like anything you've kind of learned at, at it over the years what's your kind of approach to it Tough wow! All, <laughs> the the big, all the big questions, one after I'm another. Just, I'm just looking for all the answers, Andrew. You got them, right? I don't know. That's I don't, why. I, I that's why have, I came here, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any answers. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still emerging. Um, yeah, that's a good attitude to have. Like you feel like that. Oh, I'm still. I have no. I do not have the answers. I am yeah. still learning. I mean, I, I, I consider myself to be an emerging veteran now. <laughs> that's a good. I like that phrase. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, I've, I've all, you know, um, shout out to Chris Bartlett for. For, he was he was the he was the one who, who first called me an emerging veteran. Um, you know, I feel there's just so much to learn. I don't have the answers. Um, I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, there's so much changing too, and I've always tried to adapt to to change. Um, and maybe it doesn't look like my photography has, but believe you me, it has. You know, it might be subtle, but it's certainly it's certainly um, it's it's certainly evolving and changing. And yeah, definitely. I was gonna say I noticed that you recently did a cover for Variety, um, which was an amazing cover, um, and you shot uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert, and uh, I could tell it was your photo, but it actually seemed a little more polished than some of your stuff. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone noticed, like, what do you do with your lighting? <laughs> it, it, yeah, like, but it was good. Like, I could still tell it was your photo, like, but the, did you kind of have a different approach to that, or did you feel like it was more polished than um, some of your... I just changed one thing, basically. Yeah. I changed one modifier, and that changed, okay. the, whole, that just changed the whole thing. Um, it's still very much, it's still very much me. I go into a lot of these shoots uh, trying to find a moment. Um, so most of the lighting is handheld and, um, you know, there's times when that works for you and there's times when it works against you. Um, um, so, um, in this particular case, it it certainly worked for me. Um, it helps having an amazing, um, subject and he's, he, he, he is that and more. He brings, excuse me, you know, he brings energy and, um, you know, just, just on camera charisma that, that not many people do. Um, but in that case, yeah, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people were like, what, you know, it's you, but it's different. What's different? I'm like, well, it's kind of the same. I mean, you know, it's, I kind of show up for every shoot with the same, basically the same kit yep. and it's kind of amazing what, you know, how different every shoot can be, yep. even though they're kind of the same in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm focused on trying to make a moment, mm. um, but I need to make sure that the lighting is going to work and not let me down. Yeah, that's one thing that's interesting about your style. Like, I think a lot of it, not all of it, but some of it's kind of like on-camera flash stuff a lot. And looking at your work, which I've always been interested in, is that you shoot so many different things. Like, you'll shoot, like, obviously, like, you do a lot of portraits with celebrities and stuff. And then, but then you'll do cool stuff like sports. But then you'll shoot, like, food. And, like, a lot of people can't do that. Because, like, if you have, like, all these different genres... Uh, how do you think you've been able to like manage shooting all those different things? Do you think it's because this st- the style in which you shoot it kind of all is cohesive or like? Well, we're gonna circle back now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because initially I thought I could do all these things. Yeah, but yet then it was you know, uh, but but I did them all differently. So, you know, the game changer was after PDN thirty. I I still went out with all the portfolios because I wasn't really sure what I had, mm-hmm. and then. I realized that people were gravitating towards this Made in Ireland project, and it was basically everything I wanted to do. It was environmental portraits, 
It was flash. Yep. There was also landscapes. There was also detail shots. There was close-ups. There mm. was you know there was wider shots, and and this is what people related to, um, and um, you know the first the first few big jobs I bigger jobs I got editorially I still brought like a ton of gear. Yeah. And um, and I remember I remember going to see um, so I worked with Platon a little bit as an assistant too. Oh wow! And um, he used to have these great nights at his studio space called Platon Salon. Okay. Where he would invite young photographers, and we would look at each other's work and critique it. Or he would have like you know he'd have like some megastars show up, like uh, Mark Seliger, or we even had oh Jim Marshall even came back one night. Which never heard of him. Now, who's never that heard guy? Of him. <laughs> um, that was pretty mind blowing. But um, but I remember uh, having a one on one with Platon when I had the project in the book because I because I, I needed some help. I needed I needed I needed some guidance. Um, it's like I have this, but what do I do with it? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is like 2003. It's like, it's, it, again, it's, it's, it's a little different, you know, and how you would approach things these days. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, photography, being a photographer can be quite solitary. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, yes, you can have a big crew and stuff, but ultimately you're going to push the button and, and, you know, you're going to be the one sitting at home kind of looking, editing on the screen. So it's important to have infrastructure and community and um, people people you can trust. Um, you know, my wife's been great. You know, she she's brutal <laughs> but honest, and it's, it's the best best thing ever. But um, Platon is is that was that was great because I'm like, how do I? So I have this. So if someone hires me to do this, how do I do it? Because yeah. this was a personal project. Yeah. So he he broke it down. He really broke it down. Said so he said I remember just one picture. He said. See the way the guy is standing there by the car? Yeah. So, you know, you got to shoot a guy and he's got a car. Just start at the car and see where you go. So it was stuff. It was, it was, that was, that was really, really, um, that helped me get over the hump. Yeah. Um, initially. Um, and again, most, mostly started out as environmental portraiture and then some travel work came along. Yeah. And then you need, you need a food shot here or there. And I just approached it all the same way. Mm. Um, all of that that period it was all on a Hasselblad it was all square it was all basically the same lens yeah. give or take and it was the same virtually the same lighting um, and over time the lighting started to evolve initially it was just a Q flash off camera then all of a sudden it was a speed light on camera and okay. a Q flash off camera <laughs> and you know things just kind of started to started to evolve and to change and, and then you know and then came digital yeah was that a hard transition for you? It was a scary transition. Yeah, going yeah. from square because you were a square guy for a while, then going to rectangle was that kind of weird. Um, I've always embraced the the like the full frame, so okay. I wasn't. I was. I, I realized early on that I wasn't going to start cropping. Okay. Um, and I kind of, I, I was okay, I was okay with that. Um, it was a big transition. It was a little scary. It was a little daunting. But again, you know, uh, if there's a, if there's a. Uh, thread to this conversation yeah um, again I'm at a juncture in my career where I'm realizing I've got to make a change mm. I want to make a change yep. I want to I want to learn this I want to become comfortable with this um, I feel I need to make a change because this is obviously the direction it's going mm-hmm. um, and then I think when the you know when the first Canon 5d came on the market that that was a that was a way in yeah and it was definitely a challenge then going from medium format all of a sudden a 35 mil because part of the reason I shot with the the Hasselblad was, was and part of the the rationale behind 
the way I wanted to photograph the um, the Made in Ireland project was I wanted a I, I wanted it to feel like point and shoot, but I wanted it to have a medium format quality. Mm. So point and shoot aesthetic with medium format quality. Yeah. And I could, I could work pretty fast. Um, you know, eventually I, I figured out like I, I could shoot 220 instead of 120. So I wouldn't be changing <laughs> film all the time. Um, so, you know, this was another, this was another moment where I kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I could get left behind here. Yeah. And at, at this stage I've been in the game long enough to see that, that you know there are there are transitionary periods and not everyone makes it mm. um not everyone has a long career um not everyone wants a long career but uh again i'm 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 kind of in it for the long haul and i i saw this as as something to be embraced definitely um it was definitely a little scary but um and took a while yeah um and i'm still you know i'm still mastering whatever it is i mean i'm you know i yeah, I think it's smart like you, to challenge yourself, and like you said, you just kind of learn stuff from it, and it's and it's fun, like doing new stuff. Like if you do the same thing over and over again, it's gonna get kind of boring. So like I, I think it's definitely interesting to try new stuff like that. And one thing I was I, I was interested in talking to you about looking at your work, there's always like a there's there's like a sense of like humor in a lot of your photos that seems like um like you'll have some of your subjects do like interesting stuff like you had paul fig the director like in a bathtub and then you had like uh jerry seinfeld i think it was like a cadillac with like a, it looked like a thousand coffee cups um how do you kind of deal with those like when you're pitching these ideas to your subjects is it hard sometimes to like hey i want to have you sit in this bathtub like how do those shoots work uh, well <laughs> Paul was great. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was. He was game for anything. Um, that shoot was for GQ, um, and um, it just been announced that Paul was going to be the director of Ghostbusters Three. Yep. Um, and I think the initial concept was ha to have him photographed in slime, um, but then it has to be the real slime, and to get the real slime, like there just wasn't enough real, yeah, real that's slime. A, that's a lot. Um, but he's a very sartorial the elegant um gentleman so if it's a if it's a case like it's a celebrity shoot i'll do i'll do a lot of research yep um i mean it's you know it's really just google images and then i'll i'll i'll, I'll kind of just start looking at stuff and images will start to come into my mind i'll definitely storyboard ideas out okay i'll do crappy sketches um i've i've it's become a little bit more um involved now i'll definitely put together like a deck a creative yep. deck um, which I'd share with the magazine, and they might in turn share with the share with the um, PR with the PR, and that that's where things can get a little sticky. Um, Paul was without a doubt like he was just up game. for anything. Yeah. And he was game. He 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 was easy. Um, Jerry was a little Tough, a little right? more challenging. Yeah. Um, I'd first actually photographed Jerry with um, I photographed Jerry for Newsweek magazine mm. with Regis Philbin. Okay. A um, couple of years before this shoot. And the story was all about Regis. Uh, it was his last week on the Regis and Kelly show. And the reason Jerry was involved was that Jerry was actually interviewing. He was doing the interview okay. um, of Regis, you know, about his career on the last week. Mm. Um, so it was decided that it was going to be a cover shoot for Newsweek. It would be Jerry and Regis on the cover. And then I would, you know, do some, do some secondary artwork for Inside. Yep. They wanted the cover on a seamless. And we went up to the ABC studio where they filmed. And I remember getting a call on the way up that um, Jerry didn't want to be on the cover. Um, and Tina Brown was the editor of Newsweek at the time. So my editor, I 
God, I'm drawing a blank as to who 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 it would have been at the time, but um, um, basically said that that you know we, we don't have a cover shoot now, which took the pressure off because I'm like, oh, I don't have to I don't have to shoot I don't have to shoot a cover, <laughs> you know, but I'm still going to stick to the I'm still going to stick to the the game plan. I'm going to shoot them on seamless together. Then okay. I'm going sh- to shoot them in the studio. Yeah. So I get there, we set up. Um, Regis comes on set, and he couldn't have been nicer, okay. nicest guy in the world. And then Jerry showed up. Oh man! <laughs> and you know he was not really into it. Yep. So I put them both on the seamless, and they just stand there, like with no interaction, just looking at me. And then I click, 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 and after three clicks, Jerry goes, "We're done, right?" I'm like, "No, we're not done." And then Regis goes, "We're done, right?" Because you know he's he's feeding off of Jerry. Yeah. And I said, "Guys, listen, like I, you know, no, I need I need something." Yeah. And within a split second, Jerry kind of reached up to fix Regis's tie, and I went, "That's it, hang on." And I, and I. No, you got to do that again. Like I've got to make sure if I get that, I've got something and I'm happy. And I'm not thinking cover at this stage because yeah. because I, I know it's not a cover, but I think ooh, this will be a nice opener inside. And then they then they then they do the interview in the audience seating, and I take some shots just sort of doing that. But it, you know, there's a tape recorder in the shot, and you know, it's it's, it's you know, their mouths are half open. Yeah. You, know, you never you never. It's very hard to get a, to get a real moment. And then I take some photos when it's over of them leaving basically you know jerry walking out and then that's it done and Damn. you know you, you these things it's kind of an adrenaline rush you're like so that happened what happened yeah but then regis says hey guys you want to come up to the office so we go up to regis office and he's packing up all his stuff from 20 odd years of you know, photo. <laughs> all his bits and pieces and he couldn't have been like couldn't yeah. have been nicer you know so anyway it turned out then that Either Tina Brown had words with Jerry or whatever, but it ended up being a cover the next week wow. with the shot of the two of them on the seamless. Damn, that's um, that's wild. Like, yeah, how do you deal with those situations? Because like, you can be prepared as much as you want, but at the end of the day, it all kind of depends on like how they when they show up. It's like you kind of you just have to like get what you. It's get. certainly challenging, and sometimes I I think they don't even know why they're there. Really, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> but. About two years later, then the Hollywood Reporter called um, and asked me to photograph Jerry again. And and for a second, I think I thought, "Wow, do I really, you know, <laughs> put the stress on you? Again. Do I really want to go through this again?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? Effort. Yeah. You know, let's 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 go round two. Um, <laughs> and this was this was when his first series of comedians and cars with coffee had just come out. Yeah." And um, it was nominated for an Emmy, and that's why that's why he was being photographed. I think it was the Hollywood Reporter Emmy issue. Yeah. And and as is the case with this, is the magazine are like, you got any ideas? <laughs> so again, I started to brainstorm a little bit, and and I I do remember it clearly because um, Jerry was on vacation, but his PR people. So so in this case, it was definitely two weeks before the shoot. Mm. Um, sometimes, of course, you know, it might only be a day or two, but we two we two weeks before the shoot, and. Um, I do remember putting to, together a creative de- deck and sending it off, and I and I'd wanted to, and it became clear to me that I want kind of I had some ideas. We were going to shoot in the studio, yeah, um, but I wanted to do something with coffee cups and cars, and I had all these ideas for him in a kitty car and all sorts of stuff. And, <laughs> oh man! And then I was like, you know, of course it's it's you know, and I did I I did this sketch you know with the with the. Uh, with the cups in the car, but I'd envisage it as being a as being a um, not a convertible. Yep. Um, just like piles of cups in there, and I sent I sent the sketches off to the editor, and I, and the feedback was, "What's with the coffee cups?" 
And I was like, well, you know, it's coffee. It's comedians and cars with coffee. Yeah, seriously. Oh, uh. She's like, oh, yeah, that's why. That's why we're doing this. I'm like, yep. Um, so, um, so, yeah. So, so we didn't get any feedback from his people. Um, and the day the shoot came and I had, I had rented a car, but the only car that was available on the budget was a convertible. And that kind of threw, threw a spanner in the work. I love the car. Well, it actually worked. It actually worked out great. But yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't what I'd envisaged okay. initially. Yeah. Um, so my plan, and um, we were, if anyone's familiar, we we're shooting at Jack Studio, six hundred one West Twenty Sixth. So, but of course, I couldn't get the car in the studio, so the car was around the corner on Twenty Seventh Street. Mm. So logistically, I had an hour with him, including hair and makeup. And then I had to shoot X amount of shots inside, and then we had to get him outside yep. around the corner to the other setup. Um, and we'd, 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 we'd set the car up outside with the cop, with the cups, and then we'd fine tune the, the, the indoor options and his PR person comes up first and is like, Hey, you know, what ideas have you guys got? And basically I had, you know, I had a, I had everything on a screen. We had some stand-ins and like, here's, here's what I'm thinking. And then she's like, cool. And then she's like, Oh, Jerry's here. She goes down to get Jerry then. And she comes up again with Jerry, and then hey, it's me, Andrew. Remember? <laughs> did he remember? Uh, he, he, he was very sweet. Yes, he said he did. No, he was very okay. believable. Um, but and he was quite engaging. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe the maybe the vacation on the yacht in the Mediterranean had helped, but he was he was engaging. But then I had to present him the ideas, and he shot down like the first two ideas. Oh man! He didn't want to do the kitty car. He didn't want to do this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm just getting like deflated and deflated because I'm like, I only have so many ideas. Yeah. Ideas. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then he said, okay, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. And then I said, well, you know, here's my big idea. I, I saved the cups to last. And I was like, I've got this car. It's outside. You know, it means though that you're going to have to walk, go in the elevator. We're going to have to go down. We're going to have to walk around. Yeah. You know, it's going to, it's, it's it's eating into my time with you because you know this is a this is i only have an hour we only have an hour um but i think it's a winner um and he and he went for it so we did we did some shots in the in the um in the in the studio and that worked out we're totally fine and then we went downstairs and walked around and he liked the car which was good because he loves his cars and there you you go um and the crazy thing was, of course, when we set the shot up, the car was in the shade. And then when we came back down, the car was in the sun. Ugh. And again, because, I, because I'm, I'm working with handheld lights and stuff, we don't really, you know, there's no flags or scrims or anything. And, um, and he gets in the car and I try and make it work and it's not working. And I'm like, you know what? We need to, we need to put this car in the shade yep. right now. Yep. And about 100 feet down the street was a shady Shit. spot and I was just like it's just you know I just I was fighting it he had sunglasses on it looked it it did not look good yeah and um and yeah we, we rolled it in and I mean I probably had I I, I knew I knew what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. um so I had a clear vision of what the shot should be there was no real finessing it because by the time we got into spot like like maybe I have 20 frames hey, wow you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty tight. Um, you know, you would you would like to spend all day kind of making it perfect and yeah. making the light a little more perfect and, and all that stuff. But 
but um, I was just happy with the with with the result, and um, yeah, that ended up being on the cover of the Hollywood Reporter, which was which was great. And yeah, he was he was great the second time. Andrew got the win round two. He got the win. I got the win. <laughs> oh, I still got the win round one. Yeah, you I got, got the round cover. two one, dude. I got, I, I'm two. Right. I'm two and zero. Oh. I'm stand corrected. Two wins. <laughs> two wins. Yeah, two wins. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think with editorial, yeah, you kind of just have to run with the. Uh, uh, the punches and it's kind of like you never know what's going to happen on each shoot and just kind of work through it is that something you think you've kind of gotten better to better at over time and like kind of uh, with different difficult personalities you kind of have to like push them a little farther sometimes um you know but difficult personalities will push back too so there's yeah. no you know there's no there's no guarantee there either um what i have learned though is is you know my one thing on a shoot is to have no regrets and by that i mean is to if i have an idea um, I ask mm. if someone's willing to do it. If they say no, that's totally fine. You tried. I tried. Definitely. Um, as a young photographer, I walked away so many times without asking and, you know, reliving it like later. But like, oh, crap, should have asked about, yeah. oh, we should have done that. Um, so I try, and, I try and walk away, you know, regret-free. Um, easier, said than, easier said than done, of course. Yeah. Um, in terms of a celebrity shoot, there's a lot of factors at play, um, and um, personalities, and um, you know it can be it can be tricky. I do, I do, <clears throat> um, I guess, um, you know, at this stage, I've got a certain amount of experience going into these situations. Yeah, and it's not photo experience; it's like life experience, dealing with people, dealing with people, and I think that's the you know that's pretty pretty key mm. um so yeah that's what us emerging veterans have we've <laughs> do, got you know we got and, and do you think like being that you shoot all these celebrities and stuff obviously you shoot other people too but do you think it's like important to go in with these shoots without any like preconceived notions about people because you could go research these celebrities and read stuff about them um do you try to go into it kind of open-minded or how's your approach um, i go in open-minded yeah um it depends on who it is. Like I, I, I sometimes I won't do that much research because I'm afraid I might say something. That <laughs> yeah, might get me in trouble. I do tend to babble a lot when I'm shooting, and oh, I'm really? not, yeah, just kind of. Um, again, um, you know, I, I will definitely. I like to talk to the subject. Yeah. Um, and that can be a, you know, that can be good and bad. Um, so when I when I photographed uh, Donald Trump for Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Um, right after he announced his presidency and declared all Mexicans rapists. Um, you know, we were shooting at Trump Tower, and again, it was a cover story, so there was, we were going to shoot him on Seamless, and then we were going to shoot him um, in his office, but we weren't allowed to set up for that. And when he came in, I was like, you know, introduced myself and my crew, and, you know, I had a story I wanted to tell him. So the story is getting back to my second day in New York City in 1994, so when I was, so again, remember kids, no smartphones. I hadn't got a pager at this stage either. So I had to figure out how to get from Queens to, to into Manhattan. So it was like my, you know, I was like, you got to take the bus and then you take the train. So I took the train in and I got off the Flatiron on 23rd Street and 5th Avenue. And my one friend, Dara, wasn't around that weekend. So I'm like, well, what do I do now? I figured out how to get in the city. I just went for a walk. So which way do I go? Well, of course, I walked up north up Fifth Avenue. And of course, I went up the Empire State Building. And then I ended up at 57th Street and Fifth Avenue, Trump Tower. Yeah. And I'd seen pictures of Trump Tower in magazines. I'm like, you know, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and there was 
if I remember correctly, there was a Tower Records in the, um, there's like a shopping area oh, inside. Right. And there used to be a Tower Records in there. So I went in and, you know, probably bought some cassettes. And, um, and then I was like, how do I get, ba- how do I get home? How do I get back to Queens? <laughs> Uh, of course, I didn't realize that, you know, the subway station was right there. So I walked all the way back down Fifth Avenue to 23rd Street yeah. and got the train home. So I told the Donald, our president, um, the story. And I ended the story by saying, like, who would have thought? How could I have known as an immigrant, as a young photographer, hmm. that almost 25 years later, I would be in Trump Tower yeah. taking your photograph. Like, it doesn't, you, you can't even fathom Hell that. Hell no, that's wild. So, you know, in terms of uh, completing a loop, I mean, it, you know, it was like a revelation. Yeah. So he turns around to the whole room. So we're in, a, we're in the office room there, and there's me and my, my crew. There's people from the magazine. There's Janice Min as the editor. There's all his team. Hope picks everybody. He goes, this guy. First thing he does when he comes to America is come to Trump Tower. <laughs> and I swear to God, that was, that, was, that was it. Like, that was his, that was how he turned my story, how he heard my story. And that, in a nutshell, is, is our now president. That's what, man, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, yes, yeah, interesting thing about editorial, you just run into all these like, unique situations. Like, I mean, it, it's probably a hard question to answer, but like looking back at all the things you've done over your career, are there like any shoots that kind of stick out to you in particular, either for like the experience or maybe something you learned or kind of inspired you or maybe just because you like the photos in particular, you think? Uh, that's the impossible question. Yeah, I know. Because looking at your website, it's like, man, it's so many amazing experiences. <laughs> it, I mean, it really comes down to the experience, you know, the people I've met. I mean, the camera has allowed me into places that, and to meet people that you would never normally meet. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes it, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out photographically. Sometimes it's just an amazing life experience. Sometimes mm. it's both. Sometimes, you know, you make a lifelong friend. Some, you know, it's again, it's just every everyone is so is so different. Um, and, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and I, and I'm always looking forward to the next one, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I, I like to, I, I, I will acknowledge the past, but I'm always looking towards the future too, if that makes any sense. No, definitely. I think that's like a good attitude to have. Like, yeah, what do you think is kind of like the key to your longevity in this business? Like you said, like some pe- a lot of people don't have a long career. What do you think you've been able to manage to like keep doing this and, it seems like you keep even progressing further and further with all the stuff you're doing with like variety and everything. It just keeps, seems like it just keeps building. Um, wow. Um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 these are, it's definitely challenging. I mean, you know, my background would be, you know, primarily, um, editorial magazine and, and we're in a very challenging period for that right now. And, and, um, you know, it's, that's, that's not what it was. And I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to think that it will be, but there are lots of new avenues opening and lots of new exciting things. So again, it's just, it, I think it's, I think it's important to acknowledge change yep. and to be aware of change yeah. and to figure out what you can do um, and how you react to change, not necessarily look at the pack. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I got into the blog thing years ago, you know, before social media took off and I had that, you know, what's I, the Jack, what's, what's the Jack and Ori? I that's, mean, yeah. you know, that was out of like, you know, there's something happening. I, I, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. I want to figure that like, like, how can I figure this out? And, 
you know, all of a sudden I was like, well, you know what? Wow, I can, I can have an online magazine. That's, and I can talk about photography. Yeah, you and got, I, can, yeah. I can feature other photographers. So, you know, it was just a matter of me figuring out, you know, be, before, before everyone had to have a blog because you were yeah. supposed to have a blog, it was a way of me figuring out, like, oh, how can I use this tool yeah. for me to have some fun but also to educate myself yeah, um, definitely. In, in, a, in a changing, you know, um, with a changing medium. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I love the blog because everyone has a blog, whatever, but you could tell, like, I used to read that blog all the time, and you could tell, like, you were excited excited with everything you're doing with it. Like, the cool videos you did, like, you would literally just go to a photographer's studio yep. and literally just, like... <laughs> Walk, walk around. Yeah. There was like no yeah. talking or anything, yeah. and I loved it. But it was just like so, like little stuff like that was just yeah. so interesting. Well, in a way, you know, I mean, uh, it's so easy now on the phones and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I just used to yeah have a little handy cam and would go in and be like, hey, yeah, cool. And you know, it was great because I could just, I just decided like I could do whatever I, I wanted, you know. And people were very open. And mm. and again, I I I'd met a lot of these photographers at Print Space. I already had a relationship with them, and yeah. then it. it you know, and then I would go to events and, you know, and I, I, I started, you know, taking my, my um, photo with photographers because a lot of people didn't know what, who, who was in the room. I knew who was in the room because I knew what they all looked like because <laughs> yeah. I'd seen them all at the dark room. And then I would go to events and I would do the, you know, the social page about who was at the event and everyone you know, loved seeing their name. And, and, you know, I loved it, man. I, I mean, how long did you end up doing that blog for? Wow. You know, I don't even know. Maybe it was like four years or so. Any, any thoughts of bringing it back? Definitely not. No. Oh man. <laughs> um, no, you know it was. It served uh, again. It, it, you know, I found that um, there's a time and a place. Things have evolved. You know, obviously um, now um, social media has changed somewhat. Mm. Um, and um, it, you know, it's okay to let it go. Yeah. It doesn't even exist anymore. You know, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah. It's not out there. And you know. It might be nice, but um, but no, you know it, that opened a lot of doors for me too. It it it's um, you know, and I and I actually it, it, and lots of things. You know, I started to write as well. I was never a big writer, mm. um, and that certainly helps these days with writing treatments. True, um, you know, for commercial gigs yeah. too. Yeah, I know. Like I was going to ask you because I know um, I think you just directed something a couple of weeks ago in New Orleans, and um, yeah, with the directing stuff. Is that something you've been kind of doing more of lately? Is it? Um, it's something I'm I'm really interested in. Yeah, I mean, again, um, I just did a, a spot for British Airways and on the tourist board in New Orleans. Oh, um, wow. and animated gifs, which was a lot of fun. And this is the first time on a job that I've never had to shoot stills too, so it was purely directing. Yeah. Um, and my back is very grateful for that because I didn't have to carry any gear. It was kind of eye opening <laughs> in that in in that regard, but. Um, again, you know, I, 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 am trying to evolve and how do, how do I compete then with, there's so many talented people out there. There's so many talented directors. There's so many talented photographers. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to take a look at, at, you know, a a deep look inside and see, and see what, what, you know, what it is that, that you offer. Mm. And in this case, it was like, you know, they, they, they kind of wanted my stills to come alive, which was, which was kind of great. And, um, and, um, but yet have that motion component. So. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a big, a big learning, um, exercise, but I hope uh, these these things are going to be in the UK, but I hope again, if you were to see one on a display somewhere, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a Hetherington maybe, you know? Yeah. That's interesting, man. Like, yeah, like you said, it's kind of keep challenging yourself and trying new stuff. Like we were saying before, like, do you kind of have like any goals with that? Like the directing stuff, like things you think you'd like to do with it? 
Um, you know, I think I think like everything, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just again, it's it's trying to find a niche. Yep. Trying to find you know trying to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's so many talented directors out there. Um, where where would I fit into that? Obviously, as a stills photographer, I can offer that too to a client. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I shoot a lot on set where I'm not directing, where they need you know where they need um, stills assets, uh, yeah. whether it be like a uh, you know the live action or you know we have all the talent here, we need you to shoot like a separate you know, but we don't have a lot of time to do it. Yeah. You know that certainly that certainly plays into um, the skills of an editorial photographer. Yeah. I mean, I think. You know, I I think you know if you look at I know you've had some like you've had Art Striber and so on and so forth on on the podcast. I mean, really, you you kind of really have an amazing skill set as an editorial photographer. It's a lot of, I mean, for the most part, it's a lot of problem solving, mm. um, and you know, I mean, just not not just technically, um, you know, dealing with personalities and budgets and and locations and various, you know, a, again, you know, at this. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen on the day. You know, maybe it's raining. Maybe the camera breaks. Maybe you get a flat tire. Maybe you know, maybe you run out of gas. You know, you, you just, you know, you just know you've got kind of got no idea. So I think that skill set um, is valuable. Um, again, because because um, um, productions have to become more nimble. Um, budgets maybe not as big as they once were. Yeah. And also, um, you know, clients are looking for a lot more assets these days. They want a lot more out of a, yeah. a photo shoot per se. So I think, I think, you know, I certainly, you know, moving forward, you know, I want to be able to, you know, offer clients, you know, uh, kind of a rounded, uh, you know, I, I'm multidimensional. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. And I guess just to kind of wrap up my last question, I mean, you kind of already touched on it, but I guess kind of going forward, um, do you kind of have any goals for your photography or anything you kind of looking to pursue? I guess. Um, I, I wish I, I wish I had say I, I'm working on one project at the moment. Um, you know, there's always there's always things going on. There's always you know there's always work to be done. Um, you know, I'd love to do a dadcation three. I love dadcation, man. I look at that. <laughs> your dad looks like a good guy, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, the you know the the funny thing is because uh, um, it's a podcast, I can't 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 quite show you. But when um you know when I when I when I do a show and tell or whatnot, there's mm. a there's a photograph my dad took of me on on a on a on a dock in the village that I photographed my maiden in Ireland project when I was about um, seven or eight. And I, as part of that project, I took a picture of him in virtually the same place. But I, at the time, I didn't realize that the picture of me existed in wow. the same place. So I discovered that later. I'm like, wow, That's here crazy. we go. We're, 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 there's, there's, there's another <laughs> trippy. There's another trippy kind of circle closed. And you know, when he, he came to visit two years ago, um, I, I've kind of you know I've always photographed family and friends, and mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to think of like. I've kind of always wanted to do something with them, but what again? What is it? What am I going to do that's that's different um, to everyone else? And and anyone who's familiar with the with the project um, will know it kind of revolves around him and these crazy knockoff sunglasses. That, <laughs> that so when he showed up at the airport and put those sunglasses on, I was like, oh, you know what it is? It's the sunglasses. And um, so the first time around, we 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 literally yeah, we just kind of you know when you've got a parent staying with you for ten days, you know you it's it's a long time. Um, but we we went off on an adventure, and we would you know we would we would kind of just I would photograph him, and I would I posted the pictures daily then, and yeah. you know people got such a great kick out of it, and he got a great kick out of it, and I got a great kick out of it, and then people started to like email him, and they're like, 
holy shit like yeah wow you're like having a, having a great time so it was amazing because some of the people who reached out to us you know ha we hadn't been in touch with for years um my father there's a famous american film director called joseph strick mm. and uh, my father worked with him on one of his films portrait of the artist in ireland in the 70s and joseph's son david is a famous stills photographer movie stills photographer who i met in la uh, but david reached out um you know it's like oh is that your dad i like i met him in the 70s on the set when i was you know when i was a teenager so when we did dadcation 2 we went to la um primarily because my dad hadn't been and b you know he's been in movies all his life so why not go to the mecca yeah. of movie making yeah. and while we were there we met david and my dad hadn't seen david since 1974 wow. so again you know it's just these are these are it's, it's just amazing to be able to do that to share that you know with your father and Definitely. and again to kind of have an experience like like we did mm. Um, and it was great this time. We we actually we took over the WARP photo feed for for the for the time of the trip, which was great. So um, you know there was the challenge. You know, we had a client, which was <laughs> which which was fun. So I'm not sure. I'd I'd love to do I'd love to do three. I don't know what I don't All know right. what three would involve, but keep, keep them coming, man. Yeah. If anyone's <laughs> if anyone's got any ideas where we should go for number three, <laughs> uh, please send your answers on a postcard and. Uh, yeah, send them to the photo banter. Right on. There you go. Well, Andrew, I just want to thank you so much, man, for taking the time. This was like a real pleasure for me, man. I've been a fan of your work for years, so I can't thank you enough. And uh, I guess for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Oh, let me see. Um, aheatherington.com, Andrew underscore underscore Heatherington for the Instagram, and that should that, All right. should, that should that should see you right. Perfect. I'll link it. Thanks, Andrew. Lovely. Thanks, Alex. So there you have it. That was the Andrew Hetherington interview. I want to thank Andrew so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about all his work and experience. Um, I've been looking at his work for years, so I definitely really enjoyed uh, getting a chance to speak with him. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And going forward, just wanted to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgarnierphoto.com. And also on my Instagram, at Alex Gagne Photo. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.